Season 1, Episode 22. On today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about you. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, hey, don't we usually talk about young people and what they need on this podcast? Well, my answer is yes, that's what we normally do. And you know what? They need you. That's why it makes perfect sense that we focus on you in this episode. More specifically, today we are going to zero in on what happens when you face disappointment with young people. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome back to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast. If you are like me at all, you don't really like a lot of attention focused on yourself. You may be more of a, let me just love on young people and connect with them kind of person. And I so get that. But today, we are going to take this episode to talk about you, the caring adult that wants to help young people, that wants to make a difference in their lives, and that wants all young people to know and love Jesus. And we are inevitably going to face disappointment when we do work with young people. I know from my own experience as a professional youth worker, youth ministry volunteer, and as a parent, at some point or many points, we are going to face disappointment. As we start to look at disappointment, I want to ask you a few questions. When have you faced disappointment in working with young people? Does a certain young person come to mind? Or do you see a certain situation that you replay over and over in your head? As I think about experiencing disappointment in working with young people, there are six areas that come to mind for me. We are going to walk through those briefly, and then I will offer six strategies in addressing disappointment. Number one, choices youth make. We can feel disappointed by choices that young people make or even the choices they don't make. For example, if you have been working with a young person and the conversation has continually been around ending a certain behavior, you have provided resources, offered encouragement and accountability. This young person seems to be doing well. And then all of a sudden, they choose to return to the same negative behavior as before. It would not be uncommon for you to feel disappointed. Number two, struggling to connect. We can feel disappointed when we struggle to connect with youth. Not all connections come naturally or easily. And sometimes, no matter what we do, we are not going to be able to meaningfully connect with a young person. We may walk away feeling like the young person doesn't even like us and never will. In these situations, it is natural to feel disappointed because we wanted to make a difference with that teen. Number three, feeling helpless. We can also feel disappointed when we experience a feeling of helplessness. I have lived this both as a parent and as a youth worker. As a parent, when my oldest son struggled, I couldn't stop his choices or his spiral downward. He pushed me away and insisted on doing things in his own way, in his own time. I have never felt more helpless. I'm also reminded of a specific young man who I worked with at the correctional facility in Texas. 
He was an expert at self-sabotage. He didn't have a home environment that he would return to. When he completed his time at the facility and completed his therapy program, he would be moving to a group home. And every time he advanced a level and got one step closer to release, he would do something in the facility that would cause his release date to be pushed back. I felt helpless because I couldn't fix the fact that he had no family to return to, and I couldn't fix the fact that he would self-sabotage at every turn. As a caring adult, at some point, you will feel helpless as you work with young people. Number four, the speed at which change occurs. We can also face disappointment while we wait for change to occur. Sometimes that change comes so slowly, so timidly, that we are afraid it will never arrive. We can even start to believe and tell ourselves that it's not going to happen. And in that, we can hit a point where we become frustrated or impatient with the lack of change, and we might start to push a little too hard. Waiting for God's timing is difficult, but it's exactly what we need to do. Number five, emotions get the best of everyone involved. Disappointment can rear its ugly head when emotions get the best of everyone involved in a situation. By that, I mean we might lose our temper, show our disappointment, or allow our disappointment to turn into frustration. And at the same time, we are dealing with our own emotions, we are also dealing with the emotions of young people. And when our emotions or the emotions of a young person takes over, we can all end up feeling even more disappointed. Number six, no clear-cut way to evaluate success or progress. Finally, we can see disappointment when we seek to evaluate how we are doing and when we realize that in youth work, there's not always a clear-cut way to evaluate success or even progress with young people. Yes, we can assess if negative or harmful behaviors have stopped or if a young person is attending something that they had not been before. But how do you truly evaluate relationships, connections, the growing self-esteem of a young person? These are subjective, and they don't easily lend themselves to a clear-cut picture of how we are doing. And we can feel disappointment when we can't identify if we are making a difference or a positive impact. In your own work, you may have also experienced additional types of disappointment. Regardless of the disappointment, the questions we should be asking ourselves are these. How do we move forward? How do we keep disappointment from affecting our ability to positively impact young people? How do we keep our disappointment from negatively affecting our relationship with youth? In order to answer these questions, let's look at six strategies for handling disappointment. Strategy number one, acknowledge your disappointment. It's okay to be sad, to be hurt, to feel that you are spinning your wheels at times. You need to own your feelings. You need to be able to say why you are disappointed. And you can do this by talking with volunteers, parents, and other caring adults. When we can acknowledge our disappointment, it is a key part of being able to move on and move forward from that disappointment. Strategy number two, remember, youth development is a process. Think back to when we were at our youth development construction zone. I talked many times about young people being in progress, developing, and constantly growing. And those things happen at a young person's pace, not ours. There is going to be some back and forth in that process. And not all movement will be forward movement. 
we have to make sure that we approach young people and any disappointment we experience with them from a place of understanding that they are going to make mistakes and that they need to find their own path. They are figuring things out as they go. They are figuring out who they are. When we can remember that young people are in progress, it helps us to accept disappointment and be willing to move forward. Strategy number three, separate negative behaviors from the young person's identity. When young people make a choice to behave in a certain way that is negative or in a way that we don't agree with, it's important to remember that the behavior was a choice. It doesn't mean that the young person is a bad person or is going to keep making those choices. We have to be able to separate that choice, that specific behavior, from the identity of the young person. And when we talk about poor choices and mistakes with young people, we need to be clear in our language that we don't see the youth as a bad person, as a failure. We need to communicate that they are more than their choices or their mistakes. Sadly, I have seen well-intentioned, caring adults be unable to separate behaviors or choices from the identity of a young person. I have seen youth written off, treated differently after the fact, and I have seen relationships end because an adult was not able to separate the behavior from the young person. If our ultimate goal is to help young people transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood and to grow their faith, we have to be able to separate their choices and their behaviors from their identity. That's a key part in this process of moving forward from any disappointment we experience. Strategy number four, acknowledge your role in the disappointment. I'm all for young people taking ownership for their choices and their actions, and I am not suggesting in any way that you excuse those things. But at times, we do need to look inward and see if we might have also had a role in our own feelings of disappointment. It might be helpful to ask yourself these questions. Were my expectations clear? Were they realistic? Did I expect too much too soon? Did I put too much pressure on that young person? Is the young person disappointed or is it just me? Let's be honest. We so badly want to see young people succeed and be healthy that we may push too hard or start to feel that a step backwards of any kind is a failure. We can't look at things as only successes and failures. We have to look at the larger picture and see if young people are learning, growing, and figuring things out for themselves. And when we shift our focus in this way, it can help us move on from our disappointment and get back to the work of helping young people grow. Strategy number five, accept our God-given role. This strategy can be very difficult at times. You see, God has a clearly defined role for us, and it may not always be the role that we want. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8, Paul writes, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Now, I'm not saying that this Bible verse is telling you that you don't matter. You do matter. God tells us that our job is to plant and water. At different times, we may have different roles. This is how it works in helping to build skills and faith in young people. We may have planted the seed and may not be the one that helps to cultivate it fully. Or we may connect with a young person and are supposed to move them forward differently than another caring adult. 
but our time and our roles have a season. One challenge in accepting our role is that we may want a bigger role or a different role. As a young mom, I thought it was supposed to be my husband and I who would bring our kids to truly and fully know and love Jesus. What I have learned at this stage in life is that our job was to plant that seed and is to continue to water and cultivate it. But we also need others to come into our children's lives to help nurture growth and build relationships that encourage faith. Another challenge is that we may not want to relinquish our influence on young people. If you have built a strong relationship with a young person, it can be hard to see them connect with another caring adult. And it can also be hard to step back and allow other adults to take the reins from us, even if God has shifted our role. Accepting our role also means accepting that we may be powerless and helpless at times. Yes, that is a terrible feeling. But not every battle is ours to fight. Not every word of encouragement is ours to speak. As we wade through these feelings of helplessness, that's our opportunity to seek God further. One of the best ways to be able to accept God's role for us is to pray that he offers clarity and that he sends the right people for the right roles. As we do that, that will help us stay focused on what's most important rather than focusing on our disappointment. Strategy number six, redefine how we assess how we are doing. There is no magic checklist or to-do list that is going to help you clearly identify how you are connecting or impacting the young people in your life. It's hard to measure. It's subjective at best. And in the end, we may miss what we should truly be looking at. Ask yourself, am I consistent? Do I show up? Do I convey to young people that I care? Do I know the youth, like really know the youth more than just their name? How am I encouraging young people? How am I helping them get the resources that they need? You see, it's these types of questions that will help you to self-assess your connection and impact that you're making with young people. And it helps you to assess the things that you can control. For example, you cannot control if a young person likes you. You simply cannot, no matter how much you try. But you can control how you treat young people and how you communicate with them. You can't control how often a young person shows up, but you can control when and how you show up. And if you don't like the answers to these questions, that gives you a starting point in seeing where you can begin to make some changes. Now, I get that if you are employed in a program that works with young people, you may need to evaluate specific things like attendance and participation. But the heart of youth work really isn't about numbers. It's about the individual relationships that you build. So these questions still should matter, and they will impact the other measurements you do for your job. I want to share one of my own stories about when I worked with young people and was disappointed. I had been subbing in my friend's honors English class for freshmen for over a year. I had actually been in this class before, so the students knew what to expect. They would have to put their phones away. We would actually work. And when we finished early, they would have time to go back on their phones. As I was teaching, there were several young men who decided that they weren't going to work and they were going to distract everyone around them. Respectfully, I reminded them what they needed to do. And I continued to walk around the room to work with groups. I was hit with some spitballs from behind. I didn't yell. I didn't raise my voice in the slightest. I told them that that was unnecessary and needed to stop. 
Well, the spitballs continued by those two young men, and then it grew to four or five more young men participating. And when I told the class that I was disappointed in who had done that to me, I made eye contact directly with those boys. And I told them that regardless of how they had just treated me, I was going to be back to sub again. I was so disappointed. These young men had never behaved that way before. I couldn't control their behaviors. And for whatever reason, that day, I couldn't connect with them no matter what I tried. I knew they were not bad kids. They just didn't want to work, and they decided to control the classroom since I was a sub. So how did it all end? Well, when my friend returned the next day, she ended up with nine students being referred to the principal after they all ratted each other out for the spitballs and a few other things in class. As for me, I was back in that class within two weeks, and let's just say they were all model students from that point on. I shared this story to tell you that no matter how disappointed we can get at times with young people, they need to know that we are still going to show up and that we still care, that we still see value in them. They need to know that we can turn the page and that they can have a fresh start. And they need to know that no matter how hard they push an adult away, that adult is willing to come back. As a parent, even you have the choice to keep showing up and to keep engaging with your teen. They need to know that you as their parent can also turn the page and give them a fresh start. Before we wrap up today, I want to share a few more thoughts around disappointment. You see, disappointment is a part of relationships at times. It's a part of youth figuring out who they are. It's a part of poor decisions. And it's a part of this ongoing process of development. It's a part of volunteering with youth. It's a part of raising young people. We are going to face disappointment. But what I know is that we cannot let disappointment dissuade us from God's call to serve young people. We can't let disappointment stop us in our tracks. We can't let disappointment make us believe that we are not a good youth worker, not a good volunteer, or not a good parent. That's a lie from the enemy that we cannot believe. Young people need caring adults who will keep showing up and keep caring. They need adults that are going to hold them accountable and love them through the hard times. They need adults who are willing to wade through the ups and the downs, as well as the disappointments, to help them transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood. Before we close out today, I have one question that I want you to think about throughout this next week. Yes, this is your homework assignment. Are you the caring adult who will not let disappointment get in the way of the work that God has called you to? Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.